Yeah, I got this one at the Comic Con. That's pretty cool. It's a. Uh, it's also. Well, it's Metal Gear. It's Metal Gear Solid Metal Gear Three. Three one. Yeah. Almost said one, but I, I saw that there. I was the like, you know, I don't have a Solid Snake T-shirt. I got to get myself one of those. Mm-hmm. Actually, the coolest shirt that I found there is I saw there was one there. I was like looking, and there was all kind of horror movie stuff going on. There was like Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street. But then I saw there was a one with Jason on it, and I was all, oh, wait a second. That's not just any old Friday the 13th one. That's a Friday the 13th regular Nintendo game fucking t-shirt. Did you see, uh, did you actually see, um, probably E3 this. It's one of those things they talked about for a while, but did you see anything for uh, Friday the 13th, uh, the video game? I did. That actually looked pretty cool. I mean, generally for myself, I'm not always totally into, you know, just those like, it's all online and it's player versus player. Is that what that is? Yeah, sadly enough, that's what it was. Well, that's at least I, I, that actually makes more sense what I saw because I was watching it, and it looks like you're switching between like avoiding death as a person, and then like Jason trying to kill you. It looked like you were just swip swapping. Like, all right, so what? You're 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 avoiding Jason just to switch his over as a human to give him kill you. But then I'm like, oh, it's now here in that it's versus mode. That's actually a little more interesting. But uh, yeah, I kind of wish it would. Yeah, like you said, maybe like a one player campaign or something. I mean, like, I will say, as far as, like, a multiplayer, I think that's a cool idea, though, anyways. Because that reminds me sort of like Left 4 Dead, where you could kind of play as the humans, or you could play as the zombies. And that kind of just changed up the dynamic, made it kind of a neat idea. And, you know, a bunch of other games have done that since then. But it would be kind of neat if there was, like, a campaign. And I think that it'd be almost cooler if instead of, you know, being the kids, why don't you just be Jason? Like, let's just do it like that and just have the whole game focused on you going around killing people and getting in and like almost like rate the game based on the kills almost like a mad world or something like that i guess to me it's one of those things um i was never really a huge fan of slasher films so i don't know i think but the idea of like trying to hide and get away that sounds kind of like i I guess it shows our two dynamics like i want to go out and kill stuff like how we just stay and hide i want to (laughs) hide i don't know what it is i hate games though where you have to where you have to hide and you can't fight like there was that game called, I think it was called The Condemned, or no, no, wait a second. Outlast? Outlast, there we go. I don't know how, Condemned is a completely other game, and I'm pu- putting blame on that I'm one. Thinking... But, no, there was Outlast, which I, to me was just, I get what they're going with. And there's, you know, there's an audience out there who wants to play a game like that. But to me, that's not really scary. That just becomes, like, totally not fun. That's why I never ended up playing that Alien game <laughs> that came out not too long ago. But there's that Alien game, and... Once I kind of heard what kind of style it was, I just went, nope. You know, I know I will not enjoy it whatsoever. Maybe it'd be a fun game to watch somebody else play, but I, it's like you're not going to be able to fight the alien. You're going to have to always run away. He's going to get all these, like, easy kills on you because you stumbled in the wrong area. It's like, that just doesn't sound like fun. It just, it just sounds really frustrating. And to top it off, when they also said, and the game is, like, 20 hours long, it's like, oh, no, that sounds horrible. I think that, that can be fun. I'm just not sure if any games have really done it, like, right just yet. I, I heard isolate. I heard Isolation was okay. Like, I heard people say, 
no, it's really fun. It's kind of scary at first, but then once you reach a certain point, it just gets kind of repetitive. So, like, there's so much backtracking, apparently. And it's just, you know, a lot of the same after a while. So, but I hear that, like, the first bit of the game is fun. But, you know, I think there is a way you can do that. I mean, I, most video games I play, I, I usually end up just, they're just your standard kind of, like, action, shoot em up or slasher kind of games. But I think that, you know, if you can get the whole, like, just run for your life, like, format down just right, I think it could be an interesting experience. But, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Well, I'm personally saying, like, I'm not saying that other people can't enjoy it. Like, I'm not putting it down, like, that's the stupidest idea. Just not but for just you. to me, that's just not fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's not fun at all. Like, I don't want to play a game where I can't tag. And it's becoming really popular now. I keep seeing tons of games coming out like that. And sadly enough, I looked at that Resident Evil 7 oh, trailer. Oh, I, I, I want to know what like, you hear. You have oh, to say. I, already know, I already know what you're going to say. I, I saw that. I was like, and it's funny because even the guys there, they're like, if you don't like, if it's like, if you like Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6, you're going to hate the fuck out of this game. And it's just kind of like, what are you doing? Like, I mean, I know that like Resident Evil 6, strange enough, I consider that like a full-on fantastic, amazing game. And that's because probably I'm a huge Resident Evil fan and I like the whole lore about it. And the action just doesn't bother me because it's really fun. Which I know some people kind of don't like that. And for some reason they're like, oh, I want more survival horror stuff. I'm like, well, it's not that much farther off. And in hell, it's identical to Resident Evil 4. So if you liked Resident Evil 4, I don't understand how you can't like Resident Evil 6. They're like the same game. Just the co-opness is mostly what takes away the scariness. But just including that, it seems like Resident Evil 7 has come they're like we're gonna go the complete opposite if resident evil 6 was copious amount was like pretty much action adventure you know zombie movie we're gonna go to super simple survival horror barely any weapons and it's just like that doesn't sound like fun at all and one resident evil's always been known for the guns like no matter what even the original resident evil it's like you're still walking around pistols shotguns flamethrowers uh I'll be devil's advocate here just for a second. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I don't actually think that's going to be the end product. I really think that that right there is... I think they're going to be... I hope that's just a trailer. <laughs> I think it's going to be something kind of like that. I just think they want to get buzz... I just think they want to get, like, you know, some buzz about the game and just see how people react to it. Um, I can honestly see them just... I can maybe see that being segments of the game or moments or maybe something like, okay, the game is first person, but it's there's guns still or something. I, I, I think they're probably just that was probably more of an experiment than anything. If I had to guess, because there's that whole game like PT, which was originally this, was meant to be sort of like a, the Silent Hills thing, but that was not going to be the final game. They weren't going to have you walking down like a hallway that was a little different every single time until you solved the puzzle. I don't think that's what this is going to be. I think they're probably I don't know. I bet like uh, the old because I watched uh, I watched gameplay of it. I didn't watch all twenty minutes. I kind of skimmed through, and you know it was unsettling, but it sure as shit didn't come across as Resident Evil. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it literally was like not Resident Evil at all. Even though they're kind of going, it's in the same universe. It's all this. So hopefully, yeah, I, I really hope that that's just a trailer. And you know, because here's the thing: you look at Resident Evil Revelations and Revelations Two. Those games, to me, felt extraordinarily Resident Evil. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. If you didn't like Resident Evil 6, but for some reason you want, I I guess, more horror, a little bit more survival, these ones are the perfect games that were almost a continuation of Resident Evil. I guess you could say 4, but the thing is, 6 is not any different than 4, except for the fact you got a second person with you. That's the only real big difference. And then... You know, I know that they're trying. It's like it's almost like they're trying something completely radical because I know because six kind of was a failed thing for them. 
strangely enough. But I don't know. I, I look at that and I just go, I just hope it's not one of those, you have no weapons. You can't defend yourself. You just get attacked and you have to take it. Because that's not fun. I don't, or at least to me. I, 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 I'm okay with a game like that. I just don't want that in Resident Evil. I'm not even a diehard Resident Evil fan. I'm one of those... I'm one of those schmucks that just played Resident Evil 4 off, like, your recommendation, actually. And, like, oh, yeah, that was a pretty cool game. And then I played a little bit of 6 and a little bit of 5 at your house later down the line. Uh, yeah. But, um, on co-op. But that one right there just looks, yeah, like you said, it doesn't look all that, like, it, it looks nothing like Resident Evil. Now, if I had to guess, that mansion is probably, like, maybe beneath that, like, not mansion, but that old farmhouse, there's, like, maybe an umbrella, like, lab or something, and... That's probably just like I like I said earlier. I bet it's just something they're using to stir up stir up you know some uh, tension about the game. Get you know see how, how how people react and just know how much of it do we use, how much of it do we not use. And everything from what I've heard has been fairly negative. So they're pro- they're smart. They're probably just going to take oh maybe we'll just take the concept or the story, but leave out the whole you know P- PT wannabe thing. Yeah, it's well, it's that, and then they're like, "Yeah, we're not gonna have any of anybody you like. Not gonna be in it. No Leon, no Chris, no Jill, no Claire." And it's kind of this is like this is a problem I've kind of always had, sort of with Resident Evil, is they always got to put new characters in, no matter what. And it's like when it, when you really get down to it, at the end of the day, mostly I just want to see Chris, Jill, Leon, Claire, mostly. And don't get me wrong, there's other characters I like. I like Barry. I like Rebecca a lot. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing somebody like Billy again. But it is to the point sometimes where it's like they always got to add a new character. Like in number six, this is, I guess, my kind of like only real complaint other than the fact you can't modify your weapons in that one. But every, every character has some new buddy with them. But at the same time, it's like instead of having Helena with Leon, just have that be Claire. Why would you not have that be Claire? And then instead of having Pierre, who's kind of the the gay lame character with Chris, like just make that Jill. Why is that not Jill? You know, it just, they always got to create some new character and that's, you know, it's fine on the first couple games, but then after a while you're like, just, you you know, you made enough good characters. That's what we want to see. So in Resident Evil 7, you're going, oh, we're going to make even more new characters, but no old ones. It's, I don't know. Maybe that's all they're doing. Maybe they were just trying to stir the hornet's nest by like sort of pissing people off, but then, like, almost trying to go the exact opposite. I hopefully hope that's all it is. You know, I mean... A publicity stunt? One, it's just a trailer. You know? And then I, there's another comment. They said, they're like, well, if you liked the old Resident Evils, well, you know, and you want action stuff, you got that Umbrella Corpse multiplayer one. That's for you, you fucking idiot. And it was almost felt like an insult to me. Not saying anything against that game, but that... Because that umbrella corpse thing that just seems kind of like a fun i mean it's a downloadable game i don't think you can even get a physical copy of it once again it's a multiplayer you know i think it's human versus human but then you got zombies and stuff in the way which sounds like a cool idea even though i'm not that much in the multiplayer games the, the idea is cool but to tell like the old fans it's like yeah that's your resident evil right there go enjoy it, you fucking idiot that's, that to me just seems kind of like that seems kind of like to me what? like well, we don't have a 25th anniversary Sonic game coming out, but we do have Big the Cat's fishing game available for the iPhone. So it's like, yeah, it's something to that effect almost. But um, that one right there, I could actually see them like almost just trying to make it look so bad that, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. The game doesn't actually look bad. It just doesn't look like Resident Evil. And 
Exactly. I'll it's say that. It's one of those things where I, I uh, like I said, I'm pretty sure, like I just repeat myself at this point, but I'm pretty sure it's just going to be, that was almost more of a test than anything else. But also part of me is kind of thinking maybe this is sort of a, uh, bear with me when I say this word, a reboot because it says Resident Evil 7, but 7 is in Roman numerals within their title Resident Evil. Like the, like the A. Yeah, like, well, I think that's just supposed I know, to be clever. but I'm wondering if it's just one of those things kind of like, it's a soft kind of lead in, because for a while when you look up Devil May Cry uh, 5, it'd be like DMC 5 or something. They eventually just dropped the 5, it's just DMC. So I'm wondering if it's yeah. something kind of like that, because it's called... Because if you really just because really all it is just has it's this title Resident Evil and they just the I the V and the L are like uh, highlighted so it looks like Roman numeral seven I guess and then Biohazard down below so I'm just kind of wondering if it is one of those sort of like oh yeah it's gonna be like a Resident Evil game with Resident Evil characters in the line but it's a reboot or whatever the fuck I don't know we'll see I don't really have I. Well, they say it's a. They said it's a full-on sequel. Like they said, it was not okay. a reboot whatsoever. I've, I have really no like dog in the race. I'm just more kind of curious about it. Well, this is one. If it wasn't Resident Evil Seven and it was just some kind of side project, that's that's fine. That's where you want to experiment. You know what I mean? When you got a full-on like in a sense, Revelations Two probably should have just been realistically Resident Evil Seven. But instead, they try they they use that one, which was more like a real Resident Evil game, as their kind of experimentation one. When now this thing here, and it's, I don't know. I mean, I, I know that when you put the number in there, that makes it sound like this is a, a serious, legitimate game. You know, sometimes when you ex day the number, then it's kind of like, well, this is kind of a cool offshoot, but you know, maybe you don't have to play it. Maybe you do. You know, maybe it's for the hardcore fan, something like that. I don't know. I, I hate the idea of being negative about it because I've been looking really forward to Resident Evil 7. It's just you kind of see that and you go, oh, well, thanks for giving us something we don't really want. And I know what it is. It's that because they don't want to really support Resident Evil 6 or they're like, well, the fans didn't seem to like that and nor did anybody else except for, you know, the diehard fans. But um, so let's do the exact opposite and uh, see what they like. And maybe it's just a weird Capcom thing because they don't have... Um, Shinji Mikami there anymore working on it because he left just like everybody else in Japan. Basic sort escape of did. Japan altogether. Him and Hideo Kojima. Pretty much. That's all. That's like Scarface or something. <laughs> <laughs> but because you know he did Evil Within, and if you play that game, you know anybody who's complaining about Resident Evil Six, that's another one too. You can just go like, here, take this. This is about as close as you're going to get to Resident Evil Four Point Five. You know, it's Resident Evil, pretty much, with maybe a mix of, like, Silent Hill. Um, all right, so I'm about to... Got, this might be kind of a tough answer to question, but uh, so don't take it as me coming on the offense or nothing like that. But uh, you kind of have this theory about, like, you know, sometimes if you want the next thing, the improvement, you got to tough, tough it out. Like, you've kind of had that towards, like, certain video game movies and certain comic book movies. Like, well, this one's not that great, but... It's a step in the right direction, so go so so go see it. So that way we get the next one, and hopefully they take that the critiques and put that into the next one. Where do you stand on Resident Evil about that? You know, I, I will say it. I will probably buy it because Resident Evil is one of those series. I, I have them all, and it's sort of a collection thing. And, you know, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt, you know. This, to me, what it reminds me of is 
It's kind of like Resident Evil Survivor on the PlayStation. Not really the greatest game out there, but you kind of still support it because it's part of, you know, it's, it's one of the family. That right... That, <laughs> Probably the weakest entry of them all, but... Is that like the, on, is that the online multiplayer where you had like eight different people to play from and then it was just... No, that that's Resident Evil out- Outbreak. Survivor is the one on PlayStation 1 and it's a first-person shooter, Oh, they you don't really I, have a gunner. I have no idea about that one. Now, concept-wise, pretty cool. Game-wise, eh, it, it's okay, you know. They kind of the, the little bit better version is they have a second Resident Evil shooter. It's called uh, Dead Aim on the PS2. That one's that one's kind of like the better version of that, where they had a little bit more dialed in. Um, and then yeah, they had Outbreak. And Outbreak, you, the thing that kind of brought that game down is that it had horribly bad load times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was one of those ones where it was like it was a cool concept, but I think it was almost like a little too early in the game. Probably would have been much better if it came out. Like, that style game came out maybe on PS3, you know, instead of PS2. But, once again, that's an experimental one. So I'm totally fine with those being like that, because that's really what those are. It's not the main series. You don't have your main characters in or anything like that. You saying... But I, I, Resident Evil 7, I will probably end up buying it. Doesn't mean I'm going to totally like it. I hopefully hope I will. I don't want to be... Want the benefit of the doubt there. I don't want to be too negative on it. On the slim chance, uh, Capcom has some kind of like Ozymandias wall of like uh, television screens and like live feeds and podcasts. They're listening to all the fan reaction. The second they hear something kind of like, you know what? I don't like it. It doesn't look good. This is, it's not my Resident Evil, but you know what? I'm going to hope for the best one, next one. So I'm just going to. I'm gonna buy it. Like, yeah! They just start fucking like doing like bringing wheelbarrows of cocaine. <laughs> They're like, no matter what, we, we can make the stupidest shit, and they'll still buy it. Even though that mostly only works for a while, though. If somebody gets like crap a couple times in a row, then it mostly cuts them off. <laughs> I, I already know you're gonna say the last one or whatever wasn't that bad, but that's one of the reasons why I haven't bought a Sonic game in a while, just because. Like, I'm being burnt. I'm gonna take a break from this shit. Let me know when it gets back. So. Yeah, but speaking of other games, just that's Resident Evil there, and that took up the fucking twenty minutes of like there. But that, that was one of the most important ones I thought at E three. You know, of course you get more Zelda footage. I, I, and... Well, the second I saw that, I was like watching like Resident Evil four. I'm like, okay, this looks interesting. I click on, I'm like, oh, is this the whole game? But I'm watching it like the demo and all that. Um, I was so I was like watching it. Oh wait, this is the whole game. This is the whole. No, it's probably not the whole game, but this is what the trailer is. It's all first person and. Fuck. Okay. And I was like, I, I wanted to talk to you immediately, just out of you, hear what you had to say, but you were at Comic-Con, so I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have something to talk about on Monday. Yeah, it's one of those ones, like, yeah, kind of different, but, you know, other cool things, as I said, there's, you know, there's the Zelda one. That felt like that was kind of the show stealer out of all the ones, or maybe that's just the Nintendo fanboy and me kind of coming out like, yeah, of course that was the best thing there. Why? What would you want other than that Zelda game? <laughs> Are you trying to tell me there's a single other game there that's better than looking than that Zelda game? Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I feel like people, like, you know, most people that play video games like Zelda. And, you know, not, not you don't have to like Zelda. It doesn't have to be your favorite thing or nothing. But I feel like you also get those people that are just so um, resistant to Nintendo. They're just going to hate it just for the sake of hating it. Exactly, because Nintendo's just... No, not- it's like the punching bag now. Even though I will say that... With the Nintendo come up that NX, when everybody's like, that seems fucking retarded to do something like that. Why are they doing that? The second that you hear that, like, Xbox and Sony's doing pretty much the same thing, it's like, oh, not such a weird idea after all, is it? 
Well, uh, the thing about the NX is at least it's a different system. It will more than likely probably play Wii U games, where the Sony and the Xbox thing, as far as I know, those are systems that are basically, they're not even like the full tilt, like, next system. They're just like 0.5. And, oh, yeah, there are only certain games you can get for that, which kind of pisses me off because, I mean, the Wii U, I want to say, maybe maybe you can correct me here, I want to say the Wii U has been out a little longer than the uh, Xbox One and the PS4. Yeah, it's and, out by one year longer than those two. So, and the PS4, and I just think that I think Nintendo's came out of just like, all right, well, you know what? Let's be honest. We got our hardcore fan basis, but why just go for the hardcore fan basis when we could actually have a game that could play something like Gears of War, have a console that could play something like Gears of War or Metal Gear Five? So, fuck it. Let's just put out another system. Chances are we'll probably play Wii U. Maybe I'm wrong, but chances are it probably will. And then you also got, um, I don't think the Wii U's been selling it well that well anyway, but the thing is PlayStation 4 has been selling well, so the fact they're wanting to put out the PlayStation Neo, it's just like, I'm not fucking buying that. This thing's only been out for like two, three years? No, it's been out for four years by now, which is weird to think, but this is the thing that's kind of dumb, though, is both the Neo and the Scorpion, or Scorpio, are coming out in 2017, one year shy of when a brand new system should be coming out anyways. I think that's kind of retarded. It's just like, why don't you just guys go the full distance and just make Xbox 4 and PlayStation 5? Because you're pretty much, and just wait one more year, like we've done for the past, you know, 30 years, like the natural cycle of video game. Don't mess with the cycle of life. <laughs> it just seems like, I understand what they're trying to do, but it's like, just make a brand new system, you know, because that's fine. Because once it's six years... Six years is pretty much that's the lifespan of every site of system, you know. There's always those people that want to hold out longer, but that's technically about it, you know. So there's about seven and eight for some games to kind of finally come out. But just go the full distance, and then on the next system, what they want to do, if you want to do the thing where you can upgrade the system, what they should do is they should just have a section in the back where it's like an expansion port on the N64, and every two years you pay another hundred dollars, and they just have a, a user-friendly looking like plug. You plug it in, it adds in, you know, a little bit more of a video card, adds in a little bit extra processor and a little bit more RAM and whatever else you need. And then as you go along, you can extend the system's life, but it's not like you have to go out and buy a brand new one. You just plug in in your PS5 another little expansion port, another little expansion port, another little expansion port. So every couple of years, you can kind of get that upgrade. And I mean, and literally, as I say, treat it like you would treat the expansion plug on the N64, which made me laugh because they started saying, like, they've never done stuff like this before. I'm like, N64 did it. Well, here's one reason why I don't think that's going to happen, Spencer, because that's fucking reasonable what you just said. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what I said makes 100% sense. Well, that's what I really wish. I really wish that's what the NX was. To me, this is what the NX should have been. It should have been a device that you clip on the bottom or top of your Wii U, plug it into the two USB ports on the back, and all it does was just adds in all the extra RAM, processor, video card, and maybe a hard drive. Because I'll, I'll say this, they could almost maybe ixnay the disk drive, if anything, or just still use the same Wii U's one, you know, whatever. I, I, don't, I don't expect a Blu-ray port, and that might add a little bit too much there. But just add all that stuff to it, and, you know, you pay 200 bucks or something like that, or even $300, that'd be fine. So you still have your same Wii U interface and everything about it and all the you know gizmos and stuff you collected, but now you've got an upgrade system that's as powerful as the PS4 and the Xbox One. 
I feel like that, you know, we might have that at some point, but I think Nintendo, the reason why they're just totally ixing the the Wii U is just because, I mean, it hasn't been selling that well. Where I think the whole thing with the Wii, it sold well because it was just like it was oh, just different like, enough. It was it was, it was, it was it, like, you know, you, you saw you saw Wii golf and Wii bowling over at like retirement homes and all that. So, and like, you know, it was one of those things. It was one of the first times or actually the only time on Thanksgiving or Christmas, my whole family was gathering around my video game system. It was the only time, and like, you know, so it was one of those things, like, they achieved what they wanted for, like, a generation, but they only really wanted things like, you know, it only really worked on things like, you know, like Wii Golf or Wii Sports or something like that. So, you know, because mm. my parents, they were going to, they were, that didn't make them want to try out Mario or nothing like that. But I think the Wii Golf, I mean, not the Wii Golf, the Wii U, looks i mean just look at that controller i mean i've played at your house and i liked it but to someone who doesn't play video games that looks fucking intimidating so i will say uh like that's totally true i to me out of all three systems that wii u controller is so much better than the other two and i'm wrong i love the ps4 controller and i love the xbox one controller but that wii u one i think it's the massive size of it just makes it so much more comfortable but the second screen is really the best thing I also, you know, that you can't beat that second screen. Well, Nintendo's always been pretty good about like uh, I could actually see Nintendo, like you said. um, There's the attachment thing. I don't see them doing that, but I just think they're giving up on the Wii U. So I could see them just. Uh, Yeah, I think they jump ship on that one and just. I think because originally this new Zelda game, it was going to be because I remember like back before the Wii U was even out. They're like, here's footage of what the new Zelda game might look like, and then. Now they got this thing coming out. They're like, oh, they're kind of doing the Twilight Princess thing because Wii was about to come out. Like, hey, what do we got? Well, in like um, a month, we'll have uh, we'll have Super Paper Mario, which is cool, but it was originally a GameCube game. Um, we'll also have uh, fuck some kind of Rayman title, and uh, dude, just bring out fucking Zelda. Just just bring out fucking Zelda. Yeah, fuck it. Mirror it. And make the make you swing the sword. And yeah, all good. I know. Sadly enough, I will say Nintendo. Like Nintendo used to be known for having like the best launch release titles. Because you think about like mostly all their systems. The the game that came out day one for their system stays in most people's top five list till today. Because look, you look at look at the Super Nintendo. You got fucking Super Mario World. Would you say Super Mario World's probably in your top five favorite Super Nintendo games? Definitely. My, one of my favorite and it's games. The, and it's the day one release. You look at the N64, Mario 64. Would you say Mario 64 is in your top five N64 games? Yep. Exactly. And then, okay, I'll say you have the GameCube. And in that one, you had not only Smash Brothers Melee, which, you know, people still consider the best one. And I know that game, game came out technically like a one month later, but that's still close enough being a launch title. So you have that game that's considered the best Smash Brothers ever made. Then you also had Star Wars Rogue Squadron, which was one of the best Star Wars games ever made. And then to top it off, Luigi's Mansion, which compared to the other two, maybe not nearly as good, but was a really sweet game coming out. It's like, oh, well, here's how you can do a survival horror for kids in a sense. Mm-hmm. And then after that, from that point on, then you get the Wii, and I almost don't even consider the Twilight Princess, like, I think, you know, I'd rather play it on the Wii than on the GameCube, but to me, I feel like I'm really playing a GameCube game. That's, I don't feel like I'm playing a Wii game on there. Skyward Sword's a Wii game, but that didn't come out to the end. And then you get to the Wii U, the Wii U didn't even come out with, like, a, like a launch date game. They had 
well, here's Super Mario, you know, a new Super Mario Brothers Wii U. Not that much different than the one you got on your last Wii, but, you know, we had some new levels and things like that. There was nothing really special at first until six plus months down the line. Then you start getting your Donkey Kongs and your regular Marios and your, you know, you got the Wind Waker remake and things like that. And then we finally have gotten Star Fox and so on. I mean, there's been some good exclusive games on the Wii U. I mean, I own just as many games on Wii U as I do probably both PS4 and Xbox One. But it is that kind of thing. Nintendo's missing that that amazing launch title that you would buy that system just for that. I feel like uh, there was a time, maybe it's because we were... we were younger, we just, but there's a time where like launch launch releases for any system seemed like a big deal, and they would have all like their best games out, like like you said, like or at least a big a couple of big competitors right out the gate. Where now it seems like what you said, they almost just kind of like come out a little later than the line, you know. There's like uh you know, we. we Wii's, uh, Wii's a good example of that, but PlayStation 3, I don't remember, maybe there was some big game, I want to say Resistance, but beyond that... Resistance like, was the one big game for it. Everything, then like, 360, was there, there was, because there was no Halo for 360 on the opening. Nope, because ha- no... ha- Halo came out like a year later on that one. Um, PlayStation in general... I think it was like a Tony Hawk game and something else. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying there's not any, there's not a game you can't pick up. But they're never games yeah. It's like, oh, man, dude, I, you've got to always go back and play that launch release 360 game. <laughs> Actually, the only real PlayStation 4 one, I think I think it was a launch release, the only PlayStation 4 one that was a big deal was, was I'm not PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, Metal Gear Solid 4. Yeah, but that came out like two years later. I thought that was a launch release. No, that was like 2008, so. Oh, fuck it. Yeah, never mind. Is it, PlayStation, I don't think, has ever had a big launch release. They always took about a year or so for their games. Because even like the PlayStation 1, yeah, what the fuck are you going to You're going to get like Gex. I'm not saying anything against Gex, but you know, it's not like one of those. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you're getting Gex and you're getting maybe like Tekken 1 and, you know, I mean, g- games that were fun. I mean, even when the PS2 came out, like, what you had is you had. I remember Tekken Tag Tournament was the big one, and then you had, um, what the fuck was that Final Fantasy one? The Bouncer. And, you know, Bouncer. The, the Bouncer's a cool game, but it's not like this, like, legendary game where I, there's, there's something kind of special about it to me. It's showing off its graphics. Yeah, but it's showing off the graphics. It's a short title. It's fun, but it's kind of, you know, it's really just an arcade thing. It, it still never did. Like, Sony's never really been known for having, like, anything grand at launch. And I'll even say, I don't think Xbox has ever been very good about that either. But Nintendo did. If there's one system that had something going for it, it was Nintendo. Not even Sega probably even had. Well, Sega I mean, I guess had a, Sonic Adventure at least on Dreamcast. Dreamcast. Well, I guess Dreamcast. Well, because Dreamcast is like its lifespan is literally two year, two three years. But they're like three amazing years. <laughs> I was gonna say, Gaxty. Uh, remember that? Um, I know I sent you a link to it. Dorkly did like some of those. Uh, did some animated like uh, shorts for like. Uh, different video game characters there's a stereotypical douchebag la asian just like hey samus baby come on in i'll tell you what to do there's a couple that are really funny there's like one with samus oh yeah yeah i remember those ones one with mario and sonic uh they get to gex like gex what the fuck he's just like here look i'm gonna bring it down for you no one gives a shit about you no one's gonna remember you in 10 years but come on i'm i'm like a hi stone game yeah yeah you know what i'm I, I don't care. I don't care. I got this thing for you. I got a deal for you. How do you feel like painting yourself orange and lighting your tail on fire? 
Got this thing <laughs> in Japan. It's going to be big. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, yeah, that's sort of like, you know what I mean? It's like those are those kind of games. It's like not Gex 1 was fun and it was kind of a neat thing, but it's like an experimental kind of like, here, let's try to put a new mascot on. They're nothing fancy. Well, I don't even I, I, you you blinked out there for a second, but uh, Gex. I remember like looking like, oh, it looks kind of like another like Mario or something like that. Then I was like, oh, it's all about he's going inside of TV shows. Well, I think that was the, this I think that was the other Gex games where he started getting like in the pop culture stuff. The original one I don't think was like that. The side scrolling one. Oh, there's, it, was, it was originally a side scroller. Yeah, the first one's a side scroller. I didn't know that. All right, yeah. Well, I played. It was that. like Gex two and three were the ones where he started doing there. And I, I remember Gex three was the big one for like he's in like a 007 and a Titanic parody and all these other things. And well, there there was a time I was going to say there was a Saving Private Ryan one and all kinds of stuff. I think it was just more genre. Like there was like okay, this is cartoons. This one's 007. This one's just like war. But I don't think you have like another lizard laying on the side with his guts hanging out like mama, mama, mama. Rated E for everyone. But um, I want to say there was a there was that it was that I remember renting that game because there was a time when you would see like a game for another console, but you just had because when you're a kid now you can go go out and save up and just get a console no easy no no no, no I mean like no you easy. can literally like <laughs> no you can't get you can no take easy. you could just get a paycheck every single week and get a new console if you really wanted to it's like when you become an adult that's like the one power you have over children yeah. is you just like you can look down at them and go hey little Billy. You know how long it took you to save up for that Xbox One? Well, guess what? I got a PS4 and a Wii U, too. Fuck you, little Billy. <laughs> Why is this man berating me in the Walmart? He does this, like, every week when I come in and stare at the case of all the games. <laughs> I used to be you once, having dreams. and Just this tall man with glasses and a beard just looms in over me. My name's not even little Billy. It's John. <laughs> You're all Billy to me. But, uh, no, I was going to say, there, it was that time... I stumbled with my words up there. It's like, it's uh, it's simple, easy, or not easy. I don't know what I fuck I said. I stumbled on my words badly. But um, there is this um, there's that time though when like you would have that one system, and that's the one system you'd have until the next generation, and then and you always dreamed about having the other system. <laughs> and then like, but but then like I remember like, oh Gex, that looks cool. I remember then I remember because it was like PlayStation. They came out with a version like the video, the, the television one for. Uh, for 64 i was like oh god and i rented it i'm like oh this is no not, not nearly as cool as i thought it would be and the magazines it looked much more cool yeah well, i remember the i remember the ad it was just like they, it was a total parody of scream and he was just like it, i mean i kind of get it. it was for the time but looking back it's still kind of creepy when you think about it like um there's some girl like on, on like a phone like hey so you like watching movies yeah i love watching movies what kind of tv you have a flat screen hd like what what, what are you doing where are you at i look outside <laughs> you see gex on the phone <laughs> but it's like okay so it's like he just want he likes watching television off her out about it. it still doesn't change the fact it's creepy you're, you're <laughs> creepy as fuck there's this there's this there's gecko this outside that's gecko like on this lady's back porch you know, she's by herself. <laughs> no, yeah, de- definitely. Yeah, no, no officer. I just want to watch television. That's all I want to do. I'm, I'm kind of homeless. I don't have, I don't have, I can't, I can't afford a television right now. You don't understand. Well, that, well, that Gex three too. Like that game is like really like is nineties as fuck. Because I think it came out in like ninety nine. It was almost just like. Let's have a flashback of, like, why we love the 90s so much. Well, Gex almost seemed like, okay, it's going to be kind of a ride to get to that. But it's like, okay, we had Mario. 
Then we had Sonic, which was inspired by Mario. Then we had Crash Bandicoot, which was inspired by Sonic. Gex seems like he was inspired by Crash Bandicoot. Even though he came out probably before Crash Bandicoot, strangely enough. Did he? Well, by the time they got to the 3D stuff, it seemed like kind of Crash Bandicoot inspired, sort of. Maybe it's just me, but... Yeah, well, but yeah, probably by the time the 3D one came out, but I... Because Gex is, like, literally day one PlayStation. And I want to say Crash Bandicoot's, like, a year later. I mean, still pretty darn close, but... I uh, didn't even, like... I know they have... We were talking about, like, how, like, they kind of just abandoned Crash Bandicoot a little... Uh, I saw they have, like, a revamped version of Crash coming out. I did not see the trailer for it, but I just saw a screen clip of it. Did you see, check that out at all? I didn't get to see a trailer, but I read about it. And to me, that was sound badass because it was going to be 1, 2, and 3 remastered. I was like, that is fucking awesome if that's the case because I would love to go through those games. And even if you're going to remaster them a bit, like, that could be sweet. Mm. You know, even if they did the thing where... Like, one of the coolest things that Rare did is they remastered, like, all their N64 games, in a sense. And some people might go, well, it's not that much different. Like, you clearly don't remember what the 64 version was like. But you can, you look at, like, Jet Force Gemini or Perfect Dark, which I think is the pinnacle of them all. Or you even got the Banjo-Kazooie and Tui. And on, like, the Xbox One and even 360 that they're on, it's just, like, the games are, like, so crystal clear. I mean, it still looks like a 64 game, but just how clear it looks and how smooth it is, it's so badass. If they did just was that Jeff- Crash Bandicoot, that'd be awesome. But if they go even farther and say, like, oh, let's make the graphics even look kind of modern, but still keep the gameplay the same, that would be badass, too. What was Jet Force? Jet Force Gemini made it to, like, PlayStation 1 or Xbox 4? I mean, PlayStation Xbox 4. Um, Action 4? Yeah, Jet Force Gemini, you can get, like, the remastered version on Xbox One. Fuck! I can't... To me, like, when I I originally bought the Xbox One, it was like, I I bought it because I knew Gears of War 4 was coming out. But then at that time, it was like, oh, fuck, they got this rare replay that's got, like, 30 old rare games on it. Then you got, you know, they had the remastered version of Gears of War 1. And then, you know, you had Halo Master Chief and Halo 5 all coming out, like, around the same time. So it was just like, oh, fuck, well, I'll, I'll get one for sure then. And that rare replay, like, I probably was more excited about that than, like, most people out there, but... I think it's funny you're yeah, more you... looking forward to, like, games you already own that are just remastered <laughs> than actual games coming out. Is that, I know, that's what that, that list that I just named off, there's one new game in that. <laughs> Everything else was, like, an older game. And it's but a sequel, too. I don't know what it is. Straight up, like, if you remaster a game that, you know, it's like... One that they did so cool, I know it's kind of a goal, but, you know, you look at, like, the Halo 2 one, and never ceases to amaze me because you can do that thing where you flip back and forth between here's Halo 2 on Xbox. Here's what it looks like now. And it's just like this humongous difference, but it looks so cool. Mm. And then you take something like Jet Force Gemini where, you know, it's still the 64 game, but like, man, crystal clear, running even smoother, or Perfect Dark where you can see as far as the eye can see in that game. It's just, you take a game that's already amazing and just turn it total badass. I wish they could do that with GoldenEye. That would make me so happy do they if they s- could do that same thing they did with Perfect Dark, but with GoldenEye. Does Jet Force Gemini still have that bullshit thing where you think you beat the game, but then it gets the final, final part of the game, which is almost a solid world? You gotta go around and collect parts to a spaceship and do that? Did you have to do that still? Yeah, I mean, it's it's identical. The game's not different, like, in that sense. That pissed me the fuck off, you know, because it was just all yeah, these so different... Yeah, so you still gotta do that, but... That's where I'm like, you know, I love this game, but that's too much. I got, sh- I got my, I, I'm only like 12 years old, but I got a fucking life. And then I'm always collecting Pokemon cards, and you know. Well, the the downfall of rare is they towards the end they they did that a lot where it was almost too much collecting. Donkey Kong 64 was like that. 
Banjo Tooie was like that. They did that with obviously Jet Force Gemini and Conquer's Bad Fur Day, and it got to the point where it's just like, okay, you guys got to ease off that collectingness. Sometimes that gets old fast. Didn't you actually dislike Banjo Kazooie? I never. When I was a kid, I did not like Banjo Kazooie whatsoever. I don't know what it was. Something about that just like angered me as a child, which is so <laughs> weird because mostly every other kid was like, "No, Banjo Kazooie's like the fucking shit." I'm like, maybe because ban- I don't know what it was, but it sounds weird. But Banjo Kazooie almost reminds me like. That is sort of like almost Nintendo or Rare, whatever you want to say it, trying to do almost like the Crash Bandicoot thing, but like on 64. Even though I know it's kind of different, I don't know what it was. Like something about it felt fake to me and like something wrong. I, you know, as I got older, I, I like I appreciate Banjo Kazooie now. I see what it's doing and all that kind of stuff. I I've never sat down still and really played it. <laughs> I have it sitting there on my Xbox. It looks at me, but. <laughs> I, I haven't felt the need to go there and play that game, even though I probably should at some point just for that Nintendo ness. What I do wrong, Spencer? What I do wrong? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> you played me in Diddy Kong Racing. Shouldn't that be enough to go farther? It's like, well, I was more playing as the little turtle guy in there, but sure, uh, maybe. <laughs> that was so so weird. I remember they just rare they're trying to almost build their own like rare universe and just out of diddy kong okay diddy kong's the one everyone's gonna give a fuck about so now we're gonna do conquer we're gonna give banjo his own game and then they're probably they probably had plans for like the turtle the badger badger thing whatever it was <laughs> yeah, all the extra characters TikTok clock or whatever the fuck that thing was I like how we're talking about E3, and we, we got so far off on a tangent on a bunch of games that were not even presented, or having sequels, or anything like that at E3. But I don't know what it was. You know, there was, a, there was always, like, the handful of games that stood out to me, and, you know, like Resident Evil 7 and the new Legend of Zelda. We even talked about Zelda, I just realized. Oh, Injustice 2 was, like, see, oh, yeah. like, we gotta throw our Batman thing in there. Injustice 2, and I'll probably buy it, and that game will probably screw me over. I just know it, but... well. That's probably going to be a fun game, regardless. It's going to be a fighting game. I mean, every game's going to try and screw you over the DLC this day and age. Um, it looks fun. I mean, the first trailer was a little confusing. Okay, so you got an armor mode or whatever. That seems kind of like action figure-ish. But then, um, as, it, as I looked at more of uh, interviews with it, apparently that's just stuff you can do to customize your character when you take them online. So, just so you're... Well, it just sounds kind of cool. You can, like, sort of design whatever Batman costume you want or whatever Superman costume you want. That yeah, and they showed, you know, they showed the Red Lantern guy, which I don't remember his name, but they showed the Red Lantern guy, and they showed Supergirl. And, uh, yeah, I think it could be a good game. Um, well, I love the last one a bunch, so I know for a fact it'll be a great game. It's just fighting games nowadays are always kind of like, you point you're like, I know they're just, you're going to buy that game for $60, and then you're going to have to end up putting another $40 into it to get the rest of the stuff, and then two years down the road, they're going to release a version for 20 bucks that has everything in it. I'm wondering, I, I kind of saw what looks like a, a cowboy hat, so I'm hoping that's Jonah Hex. I don't think it's going to be Vigilante, but... <laughs> yeah, it'd be sweet if it's Vigilante, but uh, yeah, that, that's like a long shot. It could even be, who knows, I, I, it could have been a fedora, maybe be the question. Oh, that'd be cool, yeah. too. But... No, I mean, overall, that game looks badass. I'm like, I, I know I'll get it. Like, no questions asked I'd love Swamp Thing. Fuck, that'd be it? awesome. Oh, oh yeah. I gotta tell, I gotta tell this. This has nothing to do with video games, but I just gotta share this before I forget. Uh, did you know there's a Swamp Thing cartoon in the late 80s, early 90s? I heard about it, but I've never and seen it. It was very, it. that kind of Ninja Turtles-esque, kind of like, 
oh, it's Swamp Thing. Like, I'll get you, Dr. Destructo. You know, this very highbrow, like, comic about contemplating life and what is existence. And written by Alan Moore, all about kind of like interspecies relationships. Like, what's right, what's wrong? You know, if it's a swamp man that loves a lady, who cares? That kind of shit. They're like, let's have uh-huh. a cartoon about it. <laughs> you know, and I know. I thought that was the weird. I, I heard about that. I was like, whoa, that's bizarre. I got to check that out. I, I, I couldn't. Days. I try to watch the first, like, I try to watch a little bit of the first episode on YouTube. It's so bad. I, I may got to watch it again just, just to force it down, just so I can say I watch it. The thing is, it's one of those. I was watching it like, okay, Arcane is in it, uh, Abby's in it. So, Clearly, they at least looked at a list of characters, at least. But, <laughs> you know, they like, oh, they know his name was originally Alec. They know that, too. But I'm just watching this. Like, oh, fuck. This is like, you know what the opening theme is? No. Swab thing. You are amazing. <laughs> so that's the opening theme. So they just rip off wild <laughs> thing. Did. Just kind of throw swamp thing yeah. over it. That's hilarious. Oh. I'll have to check it out. That that alone makes it seem like you got to check it out. Spotify <laughs> that great. shit. But, okay, speaking, you mentioned it there. Um, last week, since we were talking about Ninja Turtles and all that stuff, I finally was like, you know what, fuck it. i got to go out and read those original Ninja Turtle comics. I've always said I was going to. I'm just going to buy it. So I bought the first book and started reading it. So fucking good. So amazing. And I, just that thing that's like, why have I not done this yet? You know what's the weird thing, too? You don't really actually talk to a whole lot of people that read that original Ninja Turtles run, unless they're older or something like that. The black and white ones. Like, I just, I I wanted, like, the way that God intended in 1985 or whatever, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, if you're going to read Scott Pilgrim, might as well read the black and white ones and really appreciate it, and then come around to the colors second. But, so I was just like, I want the black and white, I want it like that, and I went back and read them, and man, are they fucking good. And it's just that thing where you kind of go... I don't know why. I, I should have just picked this up, you know, six, seven years ago, like when I originally thought, like, oh, man, I should really go back and read these things. And the funny thing, too, it's amazing how much those movies, the first two ones, borrow from the comics. They are almost like just taking scenes straight out of those. And all those things that you kind of go, well, why would they do that different than the TV show? It's like, oh, they were just sticking totally true to the comic instead. That's what they were doing. Huh. So, like... uh like at least at least that kind of gave me a new appreciation even for the movies and stuff too. But man, totally worth checking I think out. That, I think that what's his well, name, uh, Doctor Baxter, wasn't going to turn into a fly guy. I think he was just an evil mad scientist. And something he actually got because I actually looked at a uh, I looked at just like some YouTube history thing of of the turtles, like the original turtles. And something you got to actually mm-hmm. give the new movie credit for. I remember Baxton or Baxter being. Um, a pasty, he was white in the TV pasty show. old white guy actually look Tyler Perry looks just like him in the new movie in the comic yep so I thought I was like oh that that totally made sense there yeah, so. I mean I still got some I still like I still enjoyed the movie I still have a little bit of problems with it but you gotta give it credit for that that looks that's more accurate than the other stuff for it but yeah it's just like yeah that, those Ninja Turtles ones it's just and then the art just the artwork itself is like really cool mm. just kind of just that total unique look to it and everything well it's a weird thing too so april and neil you know i don't think she is black but she looks like she's kind of black she's got this weird perm after a while in there mm. so it looks like she's almost got like this sort of like partial like 80s afro kind of thing going on it's, it's kind of weird well, there was she she was a lab assistant in the 
in the original comic, wasn't she? Not a news reporter? Yeah, she was a lab assistant to Dr. Stockman. I kind of wondered, I'm like, does she become a reporter later on, or is that just totally the TV show? Because I'm on, like, issue seven, and they got kind of... The way that their issues are, they're all, like, 40 pages long. They're, like, way long, so it's more like I'm on issue 14, but... I remember when the Sonic comics when I was a kid, they make a big deal, like, 48-page special! Like, that was a big fucking deal, if it was, like, 40 pages or more. Well, because it's, like, two issues in one, pretty much, so... But no, it was, just, it was that that thing. I know those comics have been out forever, but you know, most people—I I don't think I've ever really talked to a whole lot of people that actually read those original ones. Even people that like Ninja Turtles and stuff like that, for some reason, they don't always go back and start reading the comics or anything like that. So that was totally worth getting, and I, I actually was surprised. I liked it even more than I thought it would. Because sometimes you kind of get a read, you're like, "Well, it's just going to be kind of like okay, it's going to be slightly different, but it's going to be sort of same old, same old things that I've already seen. Maybe yeah, a little bit, but still like." Still way different and still just really cool. And just it's just interesting to see how some of those things kinda come together. I'll have to check those out eventually. Maybe 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 we'll get download them on Comixology or something. Maybe. That's why I just downloaded them on Comixology. Mm-hmm. But um it was like ten bucks for like three hundred and fifty pages worth of like that. something we should actually talk about real quick because we were saying like, you know what? That looks cool. Yeah, yeah. What about what about fucking what about like uh Gex? We didn't actually talk about Zelda. Oh yeah, the Zelda game. It just, to me, it just looks badass. Like, you know, I, I just looked at a little bit of the footage of it. Because sometimes when I know I'm going to get something, I don't want to look at too much. Like, some people will sit there and, like, I need to see, like, 10 hours worth of gameplay. It's like, no, 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 I don't want to spoil myself for the game. I'll just kind of look at the quick highlights and just go, oh, cool, they got some new things going on there. Looks badass to me. I can't wait for it. I'll buy an NX I'm sure that. that. Well, I'm sure they'll put some stuff in there eventually, but it looks like you can customize Link's outfit more of what he's going to wear, whether it be armor just you know hunting garbs like it almost looks more of like um i kind of see what they mean because for a while they said like oh this one's open open world where to me wasn't always open world except you just needed an item to get into a temple or whatever but now i kind of see what they mean a little bit more in the context of it looks a lot bigger and um i think they're actually kind of going back i'll be honest i haven't listened to any interviews i just looked at some footage um it looked like maybe it's going to something to the lines of uh of it being kind of like maybe you just stumble upon something and that's the mission. That's the job. Maybe not even so much. Well, I think what, they're going with like a Zelda 1 thing. Because, you know, in Zelda 1, you just kind of start off and you just go, oh, what the fuck's going on? And you just start walking in any direction. If you don't walk in the right direction, you don't have a sword. You know, if you walk up, and then you got a sword and then you just kind of stumble into stuff in that game. And I think that's sort of what they're going with. So I hope that's kind of the case because that will be kind of neat to finally have a game that doesn't sort of hold your hand. That's what I liked about that last Doom that came out. It just kind of said, like, fuck it, here you go, gun, go, go, go! And then you just kind of start running and killing and everything like that. And it's not like the game's doing the thing where it's like, okay, well, this is the tutorial stage. This is how you fire your gun. Now you use the joysticks to aim. And you're like, dude, I fucking played a video game before. And you're a fucking mature-rated game. Why are you holding my hand like I'm a child? You know? So it's nice to see that hopefully even in Zelda itself, because the downfall, I will say, to a lot of the last Zelda games you got to put in, like, that first five-plus hours before the game gets rolling. And there kind of comes a point it's like, can we just get to the game like we did back in the olden days where it's just, like, you start the game up and you're already, like, fucking kicking ass and taking names. And then you just start stumbling into stuff. So I, I, if that's the case, it'll be sweet. My one slight complaint is I was watching that footage, I'm like, why does Link not have a hat on any of these things? Like, where the fuck you is You know what? I bet at? eventually you go, they're going to make a big deal out of it, like... That was just like the big. Uh, that that wasn't the announcement trailer, but that was just kind of like the first big trailer. It wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little before the game comes out, the whole like the last shot 
is like him walking out of like Temple of Time or something in green garbs. Because yeah, they even the showed they even like showed that. the That's master sword, but it looked all old, beat up, and like covered in vines. So that to me it was the best looking game out of everything there. I <laughs> like most people be like, that that was the best game you liked? I'm like, yep. That was what I came out with. I can't even remember well, some of the I, other stuff. I know there's other cool things, but Hello? Alright, yeah. Cool. Yeah, okay. Alright, um back. I feel like that's the point, like if somebody's like that seriously look that good to you. You're just probably not a Zelda fan. That's the case. And you know, that is like, that's not, you have to yeah. love the same. You don't have to love Nintendo or be a huge Nintendo fan. But if you see that trailer, like, eh, it just looks whatever. Mm, it's just probably not a fan of that shit. That's all it is. No. Yeah. So to me, I'm like fucking badass. I'm, I'm still drowning. Like, I can't remember what the hell. Not a lot. There, here's really the for. thing to me. Um, the only things that really jumped out to me, was Legend of Zelda, Injustice, and then the rest of it was just kind of stuff like, oh, well, I mean, that's something to talk about, like the Resident Evil thing. Like, Resident Evil doesn't look amazing to me, but mm-hmm. it was just something to almost talk about, you know? And there's just some things, like, there's more Gears of War footage, but I already know Gears of War's coming out, so I didn't care to look at them. Like, it's going to come out in three months. I'll just, like, save myself for mm-hmm. what it does. Um, and some other things like that, too, but... God, I'm trying to blank. Yeah, there, there wasn't... I mean, there probably was something else really big that somebody's like, dude, what the fuck? But to me, that that was the cool thing. Like, Nintendo... Oh, the other one, even though they've been kind of releasing this stuff beforehand, but the, the new Pokemon game looks Oh, yeah, there's badass. that. Is that for... Po- Pokemon always finds a new way for me to be like, holy fuck, I gotta go out gotta and go- get that. Because that's how X and Y was. It was just like... It was just this new look to it and really kind of upgrading and everything like that and making the game gotta feel buy deeper them all. and more advanced. Yeah, exactly. And then I look at Sun and Moon, I'm like, oh, dude, that looks like almost like what we wanted on the N64 days. Fucking Pokemon with Final Fantasy graphics. I haven't actually looked at anything for that. Is that going to be for the 3DS? It's for the 3DS, but I kid you not, it looks like almost like you're playing Final Fantasy VIII or something. Like that style of graphics, 3DS? Any 3DS or new 3DS? I think any 3DS. Uh, But who knows, though? Because the last handful of games that have been coming out for the 3DS... I know most of them have been like, yeah, you can play this on your 3DS, but you're probably going to want to get it on the new 3DS or else you're going to be fucked. Because I think Hyrule Warriors, they said it's like, you know, it's great if you get a new 3DS, but it seems to lag a bunch on the older ones. Pokemon will probably be fine because it's an RPG, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not like an action RPG, like something like Monster Hunter. So I don't think, I mean, you know, the experience will probably be better on the new 3DS, which... I wouldn't, because here's the thing, I, I got the regular original 3DS. You know, I wouldn't mind getting the new 3DS because I wouldn't mind having that XL screen. That alone might be kind of nice to have because you sort of see other people. It's like Jesus Christ, that screen looks nice. I'm like, I still got this tiny ass 3.5 inch screen. Uh, yeah, I actually, I, I don't know. I'm kind of happy on my. I'm happy with my regular 3DS. My regular 3DS right now. The new. I actually until a second ago. Actually, kind of forgot the new 3DS came out, which they really got it. That's they think they're being clever with that. That's just fucking stupid. That's just going to be confusing. You got the new 3DS. It's confusing. Yeah, like the one with the Zelda paint job. Well, yeah, it has that. But I mean, the new new 3DS. No, what are you talking about? That's what they call it. <laughs> yeah, 
it's kind of silly, but um, I, that game, it's like one of those ones, like, I'll probably, I mean, I probably will just get it for my regular 3DS, because hopefully it should just play fine. I mean, worst case scenario, if it, if I get it and it's like, oh, it's fucking lagging, I'll throw down the $200. I just play, I just just play with the 3D going. off most of the time anyway. Yeah, well, it's like, I don't care about the 3D part, but yeah, as I said, it'd be nice to have just the other little bells and whistles that might be kind of I've nice, heard people but. say that, like, the way it works is um, the 3D in this one actually looks good, because what happens is when you turn the thing on, it, it scans your face, which sounds kind of like sounds kind of like uh, like sci-fi horror-ish there for a second. But it scans your <laughs> face, and then after it sends like a document to the NSA or whatever, it then will like tracks your eyes. It tracks your eyes, so it knows where to bring the 3D up at and where not to. Because the other thing with the original 3DS, if you just cocked your head slightly, that that's where you get kind of blurry and it won't look that good. Where this one, I guess, it tries to keep up with you. Yeah, well, it's like there's more than just those. There's like there's that feature. There's a better processor in it. That's like the most important mm-hmm. thing. And then they add the little extra joysticks that's already built in there. And if you get the bigger screen, which I know they had the other one before like that, but and it could probably a couple other features, but I don't know. There's that new Pokemon game that still just looks badass, and it'll probably hopefully play fine because it's not like a Hyrule Warriors where you get all kinds of shit going on in it and things like that. You know, you're going to be like, oh, battle. You know, I mean, like, what more is going to be needed for yeah. that game? Like, it'll probably maybe load better on the other one, but, yeah, whatever. I, uh, I'm but, actually, I, I'm not, no way, no fucking way I'm throwing down 60 bucks for it. But um, I'm kind of curious about Watch Dogs. Just kind of curious about Watch Dogs too, just because solely because it takes place in San Francisco and I want to drive by my apartment. I want to see how much of it they got right. Huh. I didn't even, I saw there's a watch dogs too. And I had no, I didn't even have any care to read or watch it. Not say anything against it, but it's just one of those ones. There's so many modern games out there nowadays where it's just, they, they just, they don't interest me. It's all like, it, it, well, it looks like one of those games where it's trying to be all like hip and modern, like doing the grand theft auto thing. And it's, basically trying to be like i never played the original watchdogs but i heard a lot of complaints about it saying it got too repetitive and the characters were lame but short and simple i guess the idea of the franchise is it's um it's like grand theft auto but with hacking and kind of like the cyber age and this one and it's like sort of like a partial like world of assassin's Creed. yeah where this one i can't really see the assassin's creedness of it i never played the first one but this one doesn't look like it has anything to do with assassin's creed but um I just I saw the trailer. It doesn't really look amazing to me, but I'm more just it might be a fun game. I'm just more curious. Just I just want to mm-hmm. play it just to just check out, see how accurate it is the the actual city, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that'd be cool. In I mean, itself. I saw the I saw yeah, the Bushman against Watch Dogs. I, like I bet you, if you play the, the first one, it's probably fun. They, I saw but... the Bushman in there, so I'm like, oh wow, they actually have the Bushman in this game. But <laughs> what, if, what if he tries to sue him? Like, That's my likeness. Some crazy old homeless dude on the street, you know, just like, actually, I heard a story. I don't know if this is true, but I heard a story about the Bushman that like, for those of you who don't know, the Bushman is this guy, primarily this guy in Fisherman's Wharf area of San Francisco. He'll hold up like, he'll hold up like some like branches and kind of like bushes. He'll be right on the sidewalk. He'll hold it there. And the people who aren't walking, who are just walking by, not paying attention, will just pop up, blah, <laughs> and just kind of go back and just just try and startle and scare people as they walk by. So now apparently he just kind of—I don't really know his whole story, but I heard there was something like that guy went away, 
and then some other guy started becoming the Bushman, but that guy was like selling drugs or something. So the original Bushman came back. <laughs> so he's like, "You're ruining the Bush name," you know. Which I think, I think. So it's like a Batman comic where Batman leaves, and then Azrael all of a sudden, like everything's shambles when he gets... like started fucking shit up. <laughs> so then, like the original Bushman came back and fought back for his title, and just like this is my, he's like, "This is my turf," you know, and like took his bush away from him, and then I guess. He, some other guy had to come along. I don't know if this part's true. I don't even know if that first part's true. But then I heard, this almost sounds too comic bookish, but then he kind of like, some other guy, he was leaving again, but he, someone out, the next Bushman had to get his approval. And he passed on the bush. He passed the bush on to the next guy. So. Well, that makes sense because that Bushman guy's been there for like 20, he's been there ever since I've ever been to San Francisco. Like, so it must have got passed on at some point. That would make total sense. When I saw him, he was older, but I'm just looking at that game. I'm just like, oh, my God, that's the Bushman. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a weird one because if you're from California, you know who the Bushman is. It's kind of this famous landmark. It's like, oh, there's Bushman over there. Oh, he probably has more money than any of us. But Well, there's some people that are just like, I don't really know what they're uh, – there's some people that are trying to be kind of like the Bushman that just kind of like um, – I don't. They're just more of just out there doing weird shit. It's like, oh look, that's that guy. But uh, like, there's some guy who goes around the financial district, like this old crusty guy in like a um, scooter, and he'll like have like a big ass amp, just blaring loud music. It's usually like hip hop or um, like or like Mexican rap or something like that. And he'll be like bobbing his head. He'll just be kind of going through like crowds of people, just kind of going in circles. But the thing is about that guy, at least the one interaction I had with him, guy's a fucking asshole because, um, because <laughs> like you know he's, he he wants the attention. But I've seen people go like, "Hey man, what's up?" You know, and they just kind of like give them a dirty fucking look and keep going, or then like honk by like, "Hey hey," when like some young hot chick walks by or something like that, or so I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just uh, I don't know. Maybe I caught the guy on a bad day. Whenever I seen him, I'm just like, "Oh fuck this guy." Yeah, that's lines how lots of those kind of guys actually end up being. They they take their jobs really serious too. They get Bush, like offended. What's well, not even like I don't even know. The, I don't even, this guy doesn't even get tips though. He's just some guy who's on a rascal. Kind of goes around from like from what as far as I've seen, basically all the tourist spots from Union Square, Justin Herman Plaza, turns around and goes back. Just kind of makes this loop of where there'd be a lot of shopping and tourism and yeah. yeah that that guy just probably some cranky old man, but he's probably some cranky old. Yeah, I mean I don't know. Maybe, who knows? Maybe if I looked this guy up, I mean, I'm sure I could probably find him if I looked long enough. But like, like actually, no, he gets, he does get tips, and he sends a lot of it to charities. So maybe I'm just a fucking asshole. But um, <laughs> yeah, like the one time I like had like an interaction with him, it was just like, oh, excuse me, the guy just almost fuck you too. And then like, like I said, like I said, like I said, like some guys like, hey, what's up, man? We're awesome, cool. And the guy didn't even like just gave shot him a dirty ass look, but then like honked like hey, like and like winked at like some like fucking like cute girls so just like you know, i know i'm just repeating myself at this point but you know huh weird well speaking of another thing did you get that new dark knight returns the last crusade book that came out dark knight returns last crusade it's the one that's it's a prequel to the dark knight returns and it's pretty much explains what happened to jason todd is that by frank miller yeah oh wow that actually snuck up i'm surprised i didn't hear anything about this yeah, well, I knew that one was coming out for a while because it's supposed to be in between, like, the Dark Knight 3 run. And it's pretty much like a 48-page or whatever kind of special. And it's actually kind of a neat story. And the thing sounds weird. It's almost like a tamed-down version of Frank Miller's stuff. 
Like, nothing seems like Batman's not extreme in it. None of the other characters are kind of extreme. Even Jason Todd's not too extreme. And it's Batman's kind of getting to the point where he's getting broken down. And he's realizing he can't do this over and over anymore. And he's getting too old for it. And it does it in a good way, too. I mean, he even gets a part where he gets in this fight with Croc and just literally gets the shit beat out of him because Croc gets to sneak up on Batman instead of Batman sneaking up on him, knowing that he's older, and, you know, eventually he gets kind of saved by Jason Todd. But just these things of, like, Batman just getting horribly injured over and over and just kind of getting the point, like, he's even talking to Selina, and she's given up the Catwoman by this point. He's just like, oh, yeah, but, you know, but he's like, I got to do this. You know, Jason's not ready yet. We got to go farther. Maybe he can take over the cow. Maybe he can do this stuff later on, but just not yet. I got to keep going with him. I got to put some more years in. And it's just this interesting story of, like, Batman's getting close to retirement, but he's still trying to work Jason Todd because Jason Todd's still a little bit extreme. Like, they'll get into a fight, and Jason Todd will take the more violent approach. To stop and someone. There's even a part too where he like slams down this like I think it's like a car hood on like some guy's head, and it's like, oh my god, did he just fucking explode the dude's head? But I don't think that's what it was. But it sure looked like I think it paralyzed the guy. <laughs> but it's a it pretty is. neat little story of just how it kind of leads into, and it's almost kind of like a death of the family done just in a completely different way. It's not the Joker. No, it's got the Joker in it though. But Hello? yeah, it's got the Joker in it. No, it what well, you blinked out there for a second. Was is it the Joker that kills him? Yeah, it's still got that in there, so it's still got that. But it's almost like the lead up story to it because you sort of know that's probably what's going to happen. Is the really interesting part to it. it? It's a neat little entry. I mean, it definitely feels. I mean, since it's like a two issue thing, it's like a forty eight page or something like that. You almost, I kind of wish it was just a little bit longer because it's just kind of a neat story, a neat premise. I almost wouldn't mind seeing like two other books that went along with it. Maybe there might be something like that. Two other books that kind of lead into Batman's full-on retirement. That might be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But no, definitely go check that one out. It's really cool. I mean, it's Frank Miller, so you know you can never really go wrong with his Batman stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm curious about that because I had no idea that came out. So that's like a single issue just leading up to Dark Knight Returns? Yeah, it's like it looks like an old-fashioned graphic novel. You know, like those ones you'd get in the 80s that were kind of thinner ones? Yeah, It's like yeah. one of those. I'll have to check that one out. That totally slid by me. I'm kind of way behind my comics right now. Um, but yeah, I guess they're... Uh, I know that the R-rated version of Batman v Superman comes out pretty soon, so I'm curious about that. Yeah, that comes out, I think, at the sort of the end of July. Yeah, and yeah. And then, um, yeah, say we're right around the same time, I think, that uh, the Killing Joke movie comes out, too. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I'm just kind of curious to know little things they took out. I'm wondering if, like... Uh, there's one chick in there with blonde hair that was kind of talking shit to Lois. I'm wondering if that's actually, uh, what's her name? Uh, Cat. Vicky Vale? What? No, no. Like maybe, maybe Vicky Vale. I was thinking maybe Cat Day, is Cat Daly or something? The other, the other Superman reporter. Uh, I almost said Cat Dennings, but that's an actress. Uh, yeah. I think, Kat, oh, Cat Grant, maybe, I think is like the, uh, other, um, like I think, um, Lois Lane's rival or something. Huh, that could be the case. No, I I can't wait for that one to come out. I kind of like how Batman v Superman Lumberg just probably got fired, probably over sexual harassment. Yeah, probably over that or rape or something like that. Sexual harassment. <laughs> sexual harassment, panda. But <laughs> what was the one? I'm the don't look directly into the sun earthworm. I love they go like that amusement park of just like all like the lost like role model 
characters, I guess you could say. I don't know how they, I can't remember what they described them as, but like cautionary, it was just this whole, like, like uh, I guess public service announcement animals. <laughs> yeah, guys in costumes. Like so you guys realize, you don't have to live to stay in the costumes, right? You don't have to always act like animals. They get very stern. We are animals. This is our home. You're like, okay, okay I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry, okay. <laughs> I feel like it's like very like in the commentary on that episode. Like Trey Parker and Matt Stone said, this is like one of the most like like negatively reviewed episodes of ours. I'm like, man, that's one of my favorite ones. <laughs> I noticed whenever they seem to have episodes that people seem to hate, those seem to be like the best ones. Like the Pip's very own episode. I think that's one of the greatest episodes. Well, I love like the the even though it was very current stuff was going on, like the thing with like Towley and like Oprah. Like even though it's so fucking mean spirited to like Oprah, it's just funny as shit. Like Minji and Gary, her fucking oh, yeah. asshole and her badger fucking conspiring against her. <laughs> plus, <laughs> I I just, it's it's just such simple. Like it's like there's literally like five minute like like bits of dialogue we're just zoomed in on a crush like gary listen in what is it minji it just almost reminds me of like we need to get this episode out and we don't want to put a whole lot of animation into it but we can still make it really fucking funny <laughs> I but i guess it's a little just like a little like he's like scratched out towel person he's like, okay <laughs> <laughs> he's all like sorry i just have to ask you are you a towel no <laughs> All right, then. We'll, we'll get you going. <laughs> well, I'll probably wrap this episode up. Um, do you want to, did you actually end up going to the Sacramento Comic-Con? No, I was going to try to go down there last day and meet up with you, but then, um, A, I'm a little, like, stretched for cash right now. B, it was just been kind of like a whole, like, you know, spent... It, it was the middle of the, it was the middle of the uh, Warriors game. So, mm-hmm. getting on the BART... And then getting a ride over to Sacramento would have just been ridiculously expensive. So um, yeah, that that would have been because that's what I was kind of wondering too. I was like, like well, how the hell is he going to get here? But well, it was ones like you know I, I kind of got tickets to all three days, but then I sort of realized it's like you know you probably only need tickets to about one because after about a day and a half, it's almost like you're kind of burnt out unless there's a bunch of really cool panels to go see. You kind of get to the point where you're like, well, I sort of felt like I saw everything. I'm not saying it wasn't fun, but what was? Uh, is there anything? Because I, I know the year I went, there's like, oh, th- like this happened, that happened. That was the whole episode. Then the year after, it's just you. Like, oh yeah, like spent half the episode. This episode, just like, oh, last five minutes, we went. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, th- I-, I will say it was like it was really fun. It was definitely not nearly as good as the last two years. But was it like, uh, what do they have? Did you get to meet anybody or did you not really bother with that this year? I, I didn't meet, I didn't meet anybody. Well, I, I, I accidentally bumped into the Dean Kane and then, you know, like fucking like my Henry Winkler one, but I didn't realize it was Dean Kane till he already passed. And Laura's just pointing at me. She's like, Dean Kane was fucking looking at you and everything like that. I was like, was he giving me like a dirty look or something? Were you in a, were you in a costume this year? Yeah. I dressed up as Jack Burton from big trouble in little China. What was Laura? She didn't dress up as anything. Oh, okay. Last year, so, guys, went as green. The only people huntress, that knew right? who I was was really old people. <laughs> Last year, it was it was like you she, you guys were uh, Green Arrow and Huntress, right? Yeah, yeah. Right on, right on. Did you get, go with anybody else this year, or was it just you two? It was just us two, and we just kind of went around and bought a bunch of random ass shit, and you know that's kind of the fun part. But figurines yeah, and comics. The downfall is like, yeah, I, I got. Oh, did I get any figures this year? I don't think I got any figures. I bought like this Castlevania two point five D little art picture of like maria and alucard which was kind of cool um i got a cool poster from 
I think his name's Billy West or whatever, the guy who's like the, uh, not My Chemical Romance, but the good Charlotte guitar player who draws for Ninja Turtles nowadays. I know I that. I felt oh, bad yeah. for that guy because I don't, I, I, every single time I walked by, there was nobody at that guy's booth. And it was just that sort of thing. Like, it just looks so sad because it looked like this guy sitting there. Like, there was a time that every 15-year-old girl was screaming my name. Now <laughs> they've grown up and nobody cares. <laughs> like, I should have listened to what Zach Wilde said and, you know, been a man band because... The women will turn on you, but the men will always love you. And though that sounds really fucking gay, it's true. Because look at all the men in Zach Wild. They never gave up on him. Was Good Charlotte like a like a kind of like a lovey dovey like pop man or? Well, I think the thing was, have you ever met really a guy that was like, "Too fucking Good Charlotte is the shit." It was always like ten to fifteen year old girls that were like obsessed with them. That's actually a good point. When I went to Bridge Benefit one year and. uh good charlotte came out and play, it was like two-thirds of good charlotte came out and played a song on acoustic guitar there's this like you know like little emo girl like i was just a little bit older than her but this little emo girl on a ds the whole time like neil young's playing low slow but i almost feel like an old man like you know <laughs> girl come on yeah like you're like like neil young's playing that's low slow boss why is she looking you know then all of a sudden like you know just soon as like good Charlotte came on stage. She just had her hands together and just like very sternly just staring down below at the, at the stage and the mouthing the words of the songs. And I just, I couldn't help, but be like, no, we come on here and we like, you know, like talk about just shit we love, but I just couldn't help but get somewhat, I don't know. I don't have a good reason to be judgmental, but I couldn't help but be somewhat judgmental. It's like, you know, they don't care about you, Dylan, right? Well, here's you the know, downfall, though. He's want to do it, that. He's want to now, be like. He's want to be like. They're corporate tools. He just want to like almost whisper that into her ear right there, but you don't. <laughs> then she probably know over and be like, you know, Neil Young doesn't give a flying fuck about you either. And then like, he's goes right, back to mouth the words. You're like, oh, oh well. Now you put it that way. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's happy that I paid my twenty five dollars to show up here, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't know. But I, but I poor. No See, here's know. the downfall: know. is that girl right there probably doesn't give a flying fuck about Billy anymore. <laughs> she probably Billy? grew up and said, "Fuck those guys, fuck that emo phase." That was now I work at this corporate office and I don't care anymore. <laughs> you know, because <Yeah. laughs> I felt so bad that Billy guy. I don't think anybody like it was almost like nobody really even knew who he was. And maybe because here's the thing: I never like I couldn't tell you a single one of their songs whatsoever. But when we were in high school, that was just one of those bands you just knew about because that's what the kids on the other side were, in a sense, listening to. <laughs> it was kind of like... Uh, so it's like, I felt like I almost had like a connection to this guy, though I really didn't, you know? It's almost like if you trace it, it's like, well, if you go from his band, then you can lead to sort of My Chemical Romance, then you lead to Atreyu. From Atreyu, you can lead to Avenged Sevenfold, then you start to get to me. <laughs> it's just weird, like, you've used bands to, like, lead yourself to it. <laughs> Point. And, I was just thinking, uh, go ahead. And that's just I was saying there. So, I mean, like, I kid you not, this guy had like, I, I mean, probably. I mean, uh, granted, somebody else probably came by. We probably, I probably wasn't like the only person he fucking talked to. And I got this cool picture because I got this. He did, he did a Batgirl uh, Burnside style one, whereas her and like Spider Gwen, and they were sitting on top of a building and below it, you could kind of see a sign that they were at the Gotham theater and Mary Jane was putting on a show there. And it was almost like they were having like dinner afterwards atop talking about it. So it was this kind of neat picture and everything like that. And he kind of explained it all to me and everything like that. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. That's so cool. I got that from him. He signed it. And that, that was probably, that's the only piece of artwork I got other than the Castlevania one. 
Oh, you, mainly you, you actually met him. You actually you actually got him to meet uh, met him and had him sign it. Oh yeah, because he was one of the guys. Was like cost you know I, I paid ten bucks for his art and he signed it. Oh great! Now this is awesome because I know chances are you told him. Oh yeah, we do a podcast called Old Man Orange. Chances are he probably <laughs> told him that. And now he's he, on the very slim chance he actually decided. You know what? I'm going to like give these guys a listen. He got if he got this far. It's like these guys are a bunch of fucking assholes. <laughs> You're putting my life in perspective. I don't like it. But did you, did they, you tell about the podcast though? I'm just curious. No, I, I just kind of talked to him about oh, like okay, that and okay. everything like that. And uh, probably should have talked more, but I don't know what it is. Sometimes you get to the point where it's like, eh, whatever. Probably should advertise myself more, but you know, I just I just try to leave. If I meet like sort of a celebrity, I try to leave before I say something stupid. You know, I just know I will. If I'm talking to them long enough, something stupid's gonna come flying out of my fucking mouth. So I just like, you know, I'm just like, oh, I like your work, bye. Just run off. <laughs> I mean, the, the kind of downfall this year is there wasn't really, there wasn't really a whole lot of like celebrities that were totally like worth, you know, seeing. There's there's those kind where it's like, you know, William Shatner was there, and it's like it's cool just to go. Oh, there's William Shatner over there. There he is. But it's like I'm not gonna yeah. pay eighty dollars to go shake his hand. It's like I, I'm not in this. I like Star Trek, but I don't like it enough that like it's worth eighty bucks. Or then another one there. There was like the Big Show. He was there from wrestling. I'm like that's cool, but it's like more like. You just kind of look up and like, there's Big Show. He's 100 feet away from me. He's sweating bullets up there on stage. But uh, cool, that, that, you know. And other than that, I mean, like, to me, probably, like, Dean Cain was probably the coolest guy. But once again, I'm like, I'm not going to pay $50 to shake fucking Dean Cain's hand, who's living off being fucking Superman from 25 years ago. I mean, I don't, like to put, I don't need to put the guy down, but, like, why do I have to pay 50 bucks? I, he's not fucking Tom Cruise. He's not fucking, you know, like... I mean, and once again, I like Dean Cain a lot. He's one of my. I, he does a great job as Superman and a great Clark Kent. But you know what I mean? Like, how is that worth fifty bucks to shake his hand? Like, for fifty here's, bucks, we should be able to go out to dinner together. <laughs> here's here's my thing. I think we, we should be able to have like a night on the town for fucking fifty dollars. You should be able to like shake his hand or whatever. But I think it's like okay for like you know maybe a. I mean, you, I think a picture is pushing it, but for like an autograph or something. Yeah, you may charge some money because you got to make you got to make your living somehow if you go to. Well, charge it like okay, as I said, like fucking like the comic book artist, like ten bucks. You but know? like don't yeah, but don't do like. But it, I think you should just be able to go shake shake their hand like it's not a big deal. Now I remember like we went to go see. I don't remember the guy's real name anymore, but like Lax Flesh, like like Lex Flash Luther. Like he he played Lex Luther in Smallville, then he voiced Flash in Justice League. I was like, oh, I was going to go, like, we were, he seemed cool, and he was like, there's only three people in his line at the time, and, you know, he was having a conversation, he was made eye contact with us for a minute, and like, okay, seems cool. I was like, look, I don't really have $40 to spend on just this one dude, so is it cool? Because I already spent 25 on two pictures from Neil. Uh-huh. Uh, is it cool if I just shake his hand, tell my joys where I go, you guys? well that experience right there is pretty much what has turned me off of just walking up to those guys now because now it's like ah, eh, they're just gonna want fucking too much money well ever that's what i was like it's almost kind of weird because like i may have said this before in the podcast but like it's so weird to me i mean i know that i'm older now and a lot of cases i mean i met celebrities by this point just i bump it into them or wherever and not been like oh my god i think if it was like um I'm in the red. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Pretty staticky, but oh, here we go. Oh, we're good. Okay, we are. Anyway, um, I remember like bump. Like if I, if I bumped into like Bruce Springsteen or in 
Tinas or, you know, like, or like Edgar Wright. I know it's kind of a really weird mixture. But, like, if I bumped into somebody like, like somebody like one of those guys, I'd probably be like, I would probably try to contain myself and not be too, like, oh my God, but I'd try, probably contain myself. But I, I still know I would get kind of like, oh my God, that's him or whatever. But I remember you went, we just bumped the Green Ranger. The Green Ranger was one of my favorite rangers back as a kid. And it was like a childhood icon of mine. I saw that guy in the movie theater when I went to go see Power Rangers the movie. And then I literally just, like, almost bumped shoulders with him as he was going into his, like, you know, his, like, con, like, you know, like, Q&A or whatever. And just being kind of like, oh, that was the Green Ranger. Huh. Yeah, no, there is that kind of thing. But I think the downfall is just... I'm not going to lie, it's like a lot of these guys, it's like they're TV show guys and they have one fucking thing and they're living off of. I mean, I don't want to put a guy down, but when it's 25 years later and you're still living off the same thing, I'm sorry, you're not worth 50 bucks. You know, I, there's people I would rather pay $50 for, you know, instead. And that's why I just kind of look at those guys and go, eh, kind of whatever. And this year, yeah, as I said, there wasn't really, there was nobody that was worth like spending that money on to kind of see. You just kind of walked around and went, oh, there's a guy from The Hobbit. Oh, there's the guy that plays Quicksilver in the new movies. There's, you know, these sort of, like, minor celebrities. And they're kind of like, okay, that's kind of cool. But whatever. And then the downfall, too, is like even Quicksilver the Quicksilver from X-Men? Yeah, he was there. So it's just kind of like, oh, there's that guy. And here's the thing. It's like, they, you know, even comic book-wise, they only had, like, maybe six artists there, if that even. Like, Did they was... have any representation? Like, not, like, just artists, but any representation of Marvel or DC? No, none of that. They had Warner Brothers there, but not That's Marvel weird. or DC. Yeah, Marvel. Yeah, the Warner Brothers had a little booth, and they were just kind of giving out like Suicide Squad and stuff, merchandise and whatnot. But the thing that made this is why I think that those comic book artists were minus out is the video game section there was ginormous. It fucking took up like a third of the area. But in order to probably have that, they had to kick some comic book artists out, which is silly for the oh, fact man. that it's called Comic Con. You know, and I'm not saying anything against video games, but it's like, you know, first and foremost, you're kind of here for comic books. And don't get me wrong, I think the other stuff kind of, it kind of goes hand in hand, but, you know. It got to the point where there was a Bandai ginormous booth, and you could play everything from, like, Pac-Man to Dark Star, or Dark Souls 3 was there, and all these other games in between. They had a Capcom booth, where it had big, huge fucking Street Fighter V tournaments. There was a Tekken 7 one where it was just ginormous stage with a couch on and people fucking fighting each other. And at some point, I never saw it there, but the one, two of the main creators of Tekken 7, you could play them huh. on the game. I'm like, well, that's kind of badass. Don't get me wrong. That's still pretty cool. That sounds um, cooler than the game room that when we went there the first times. Well, that's the what I mean. Like, that game room the first time like, literally okay, looked like somebody just took their collection and just sad. plugged it in. Well, things sad about, I don't know, maybe there's, maybe there's some kind of regional thing, like, oh, you got to do good at X amount of spots that have this this competition going on or to, to get, in order to get into this over here. Maybe that's what it was for. But it was like, okay, you're at Comic-Con. There's creators around here. They have, like, exclusives of shows and movies coming out. What the fuck are you doing in this small little conference room playing, like, Marvel versus Capcom 2 Smash Brothers Melee when you could be out like I mean 
Oh yeah, and and they still you know because now they had that it was all out in the open and people were playing Smash Brothers tournaments and all kinds of different things like that. But I don't know what it is. I kind of look at them like, well, that's kind of cool. I mean, if you wanted to play a couple rounds of Street Fighter or something like that or Tekken, that makes sense. But you know, there's got to be some fucking kids that just sit there the whole time and it's kind of like, okay, you have these games at home now. <laughs> Do you really need to sit here in public and play them? And maybe that's just me becoming an old man, but I don't you know. I just kind of feel like. A lot of games that are not good on that, but I know they, it's like you got those on your phone also, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, none of them are really phone games. They're all still like PS4. Well, you play, and... You could probably play Pentagon or Street Fighter even, but I'm just saying. Yeah, but not well. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, I, I get it for tournament wise. Like, if you're if you're there and you want to play the Tekken tournament, then that makes sense to me. Or the Street Fighter Five one, that's cool. But other than that, though, yeah, I mean, yeah, th- this year it was really fun, and there was cool stuff to get. And, and as always, um, it probably didn't blow me as way as it did like the first couple times. And then to top it off, it's like there wasn't really like a to- I don't, don't want to bring anybody down, but there wasn't like a guest that I was really looking forward to. Where in like a, about a month and a half, they got the SAC Anime Con. And to me, that seems like a way cooler event. And I only say that just because it's got a bunch of voiceover actors that I really appreciate, like Steve Bloom and Troy Baker and all these other guys and gals that are in all kinds of stuff. I mean, you've got people that voice Sonic the Hedgehog. you got people that fucking voiced Batman and all kinds of different stuff there. Not um, different Batman ones, not um, fucking Kevin Conroy Batman, but... Still, there's all these cool voice actors, and to me that seems a little bit more interesting. Because maybe because I just, you know, the TV actors, I generally could give a flying fuck about because I don't really care for TV, just including a couple shows, maybe if that even, or certain actors. But voice actors from anime and video games and cartoons, that sounds way cooler. Yeah, um, I just got to try to wrap this thing up because my thing is like. Yeah, 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 I was thinking about that too. I, I was really going to cut it right there. I can't even hear you. I can't even hear you. It, yeah, my side will be fine, but yours might be waste aggy. Some of the stuff might even have to be edited out. We'll find out. But that's a good place to wrap up the podcast at. Um, next week, or even the next handful of days, we're going to be doing an assault on Precinct 13, the original 1976 John Carpenter's version. So if you want to buy that movie or watch it beforehand, well, hell, that's what we're going to talk all about. And if anything, listen to it, and that might give you a reason to go out and get it. But till then, check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, cartoons, music, and more. Subscribe, rate, do all that fun stuff on iTunes, Stitchers, and what have you. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And we will see you some other time. Later, folks. Thanks for listening to the Old Man Orange Podcast. Check out our website at oldmanorange.com for even more podcasts, cartoons, videos, music, and more. Send us an email at oldmanorangepodcast at yahoo.com. Be sure to subscribe, share, rate, and review us on iTunes, Podomatic, or any of the other fine sites we might be located on. If you want to help out even more, click on the Amazon or GameStop links on our webpage before you make any purchases there. It won't cost you a penny, but it sends us a little something our way. Thanks again, and tune in next week for more Old Man Orange Podcast.